So, in any event, uh, I've, I've got a good word, and uh, I don't know why, I've just been on this, uh, I've had this thing on the inside of me where I've just, I've just wanted to pray for people. And so I think, uh, you know, I'm going to share for a, a few minutes here, and then we're going to release some prophetic and some prayer ministry, and I, I think we're going to have a good time tonight. Are you guys ready? I want you to take, open your Bible to the book of Haggai, Haggai chapter 2. Or if you're like my brother Jeremy, he likes to say Haggai, but that's not, that's too many letters in the name if you look at it. Haggai uh, chapter 2, Haggai chapter 2. Would you stand to your feet? We honor the reading of God's word, Haggai chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 6 here. Haggai chapter 2 in verse 6. I've had this, this theme just kind of burning in my heart, and I'm not wearing a t-shirt tonight just just because it's cool, it is a Nathan Morris Shake the Nation shirt, but you see what it says? Kingdom that cannot be shaken. This is a, it's a good shirt, you know. If you're a part of the kingdom of God, you're a part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. But look at what the Bible says here. Haggai chapter 2 and verse 6 says this. Uh, Thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, it is a little while, I will shake. Everyone say shake. I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land. I will shake all nations, and they will come to the desire of all nations. You notice that whole phrase is capitalized. It's a name for God. And I will fill this temple with glory. Everybody say glory. Notice the connection here. Shaking ultimately leads to glory. Now I want you to go to another verse here. Hebrews, the book of Hebrews in the New Testament. It is about right in the middle of the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 in verse 25 is where we'll begin. And it says, that, uh, see that you do not refuse him who speaks, for if they do not escape who refused him who spoke on the earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of the things that are being shaken as of the things that are made. This is maybe confusing language. I'm just going to make it real simple for you. The earth and everything in the natural is going to be shaken ultimately to nothing. That's what he says. The things that are made. That which cannot be shaken may remain. Any guesses what that is? That which cannot be shaken is the kingdom of God, the eternal kingdom. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Let's pray and ask the Lord's hand on this time together. Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for direction, for hope, for instruction, for correction that it brings into our lives. And we just ask you in this, over these next few moments, would you speak to us? Would you transform us? Would you uh, instruct us? And would you help us, God, in all that we, uh, all that's going on in our lives? Times are crazy right now. 
And God, we're just asking that you would move and minister in the midst of it. Lord, I just bind the works of the enemy. He who would seek to uh, distract or uproot or, or divide or confuse the word. Lord, I pray that you would give us a liberty in receiving your word today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. I don't know about you guys, but the last few months has really been great for my prayer life. Anybody with me? This is, uh, you know, what else are you going to do? You can't go to the store. You can't go to the beach for a couple months there. So what are you going to do? We're going to pray and watch Lord of the Rings on occasion. Hallelujah. And, uh, uh, but, you know, what, what I, what I, I preached a message just a, a, a couple weeks ago about how everything can be shaken, everything will be shaking, and, and, and how many understand right now we are experiencing shaking like the world has never known before? How many of you feel that on a personal level? Like something in your life has been shaken up, whether it's your job or your health or, uh, boy, I don't, I don't have money coming in any longer or, I'm, you know, I haven't been able to go to school. I don't know if I'm going back to school. I mean, we, we all, I think, have had something that's been disrupted, that's been shaken. And uh, I'll just cut to the chase here, you guys. I, I don't want to have this time and season go by. The world goes back to normal, which at this rate, I'm not sure exactly when that's going to happen. But it's like what Minister Jeremy was talking. Can you imagine standing before God and, and hearing, essentially, you wasted time. You wasted a gift. You wasted an anointing. You wasted uh, an opportunity to, that I gave you. I don't want to have that in heaven, but I also don't want to have that right now. I don't want 2020 to pass me by and God say, Jacob, you missed some things that I wanted to teach you in that season. You missed growth that I wanted to produce in you in that season. Because we see from these two passages right here, Hebrews and Haggai, both of them prophesy they're shaking coming. Everybody say shaking. Our lives have been shaken. Haggai prophesies that through shaking, if we would receive it, we could receive God's glory. That's his manifest presence. It's terrifying at times, but I want to know that after my life and everything about me and around me has been shaken, I would sure like to know that God is with me, that he is in me, that he is nearer to me. Are you with me tonight? The book of Hebrews then comes from a slightly different perspective, but it's the, essentially the same message. He's saying there's going to be shaking that comes, but when shaking comes, it's going to do one of two things. If your feet are established in the kingdom of the world, your life will be shaken apart in a way that you will not recover from. But if you are a part of the kingdom of God, which cannot be shaken, I'm telling you, your life will not be shaken apart. You'll actually be further established. You'll actually be a part of the advancement that God is. And I'm watching this happen. I was talking with a group of pastors today. And it was just, it was wild to me. As I was listening to certain pastors that were saying, my church has been devastated. Our giving is nothing. Our attendance is nothing. Uh, you know, one pastor was even talking about how they feared they were going to have to close the doors permanently. And yet, 
And, and I'm not, I'm not going to pass judgment. I don't know what's going on in those situations. But I'm watching others whose, if you look at how their church is operating right now, it appears that they've gone to a whole nother level. They say, as we've gathered together, boy, God has been meeting us in a way that he never has before. I know for our church, our giving actually has increased over the time of this pandemic. Did you know that, I mean, our, our attendance, guys, what is going on in KC is not normal. I, I'm just telling you, I have friends all over the mainland who have opened up their churches, and some of them have one quarter of the people who've come back to church. Some of them have half of their church, and if they've got half their church coming back, they're doing very well. Did you know, not only in Lahaina, but at the cathedral, I know my brother, he shares their services in K&I. I mean, we've got 80% that have come back into the house of God. And the thing I love, I, I, I look around and I mean, you guys are hungry for the Lord. We had altar calls last Thursday. We had an altar call on Sunday. People aren't afraid to come and get prayer. And I am so thankful. What I want as we come through this, I want a greater measure of God's glory. I want to be a part of the kingdom that's advancing, not the kingdom that's crumbling. Are you with me tonight? I, you know, one thing that's helpful, and I'm just, I'm, I'm going to throw this out there for you. Why, pastor, does life need to be shaken up? Why does God do these sorts of things? Uh, you know, why can't, I mean, anybody ever wonder, like, why, why, why do we have to have things shaken up and sometimes things stripped away and things pulled off and, and things broken uh, in order for God to accomplish his purpose? Why can't he just, like, why can't you just give it to us, God? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, why can't we just skip all of the trouble and just go right to the glory? Anybody with me? Okay, I'm just, I'm being honest. You ever wonder, let me give you an example, and I think this is going to help you. How many of you have ever read the book of uh, Ecclesiastes? Anybody ever read this book? You read Ecclesiastes, and you just, what is wrong with this guy? Anybody know what I'm, if you don't, if you've read it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The whole thing is like, woe is me. Life is pointless. Money is pointless. Why buy a house? Why have a family? Why do anything? It's all pointless. I mean, vanity is the word that he uses all throughout this. It's all, it's all pointless. But one thing that I love about the book of Ecclesiastes is if you go all the way to the very end, there's this focus that comes. And it's essentially this, love God and keep his commandments. Everything else is pointless, but if you can learn to love God and obey what he asks us to do, I, I, we're going to be okay. And another one for you. How many of you have ever read the book of Lamentations? You know what lamentation, you know what the word lament means? I actually, I looked it up because I, I have an idea, but here's what the, the Bible dictionary, or not the Bible, here's what the actual def, uh, definition of lament. It means an expression of grief and sorrow. Lamentations. An expression of grief and sorrow. Bible scholars, anybody know who wrote the book of Lamentations. The weep, you, you spoiled my next question. Who was the weeping prophet? 
Jeremiah. What in the world did they call him the weeping prophet for? This was a guy who would weep over nations. He would weep over people. God would put a word on his heart. I don't want to preach that word, God. And he would cry. And we, In fact, there was one occasion where he even says, stop crying. Go do what I told you to do. He was a weeping prophet. Why do we have lamentations? Let me, let me tell you something. When we lament... When we are moved to a place of sorrow, when we are moved to a place of grief, and I'm telling you, that's what shaking does in our life. Shaking brings us to this place where I don't have answers, I don't have solutions, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Hear what I'm about to say. Lamentation will refine our hope. Lamentation refines our hope. What in the world are you talking about? How many of you have ever been in a season in your life where you just feel like everything is going my way? Everything is just per- All my conversations are going right. I'm friends with everybody. I got more money than I know what to do with. I got a promotion at work. I got an A on my test. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You've been in seasons. I think we've all had seasons where you just feel like God's favor must be upon me right now. And that's wonderful. I'm praying that we move into a season like that right now. <laughs> but but I'm just telling it's wonderful when you're in that season. But you know what the problem with those seasons are? And part of the reason I don't think we stay in those seasons all the time is because when you have answers, when you have money, when you have solutions, when you have promotion, when you have favor, everywhere you look, you know what begins to happen? Everywhere you go, there's hope. Every situation you're in, there's hope. I'm going to have hope. You know, something good's going to happen at work today. Something good's going to happen uh, on, 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 you know, at the family gathering today. Something great's going to happen in church today. And you have hope everywhere you go. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but I'm telling you, there are moments where God begins to shake our lives. And he begins to bring us to a place where, you know what? Not everybody around us has the solution. Not everybody around us has the answer. Our work cannot provide for us. Our family will not provide for us. Our relationship will not provide for us. And we come to this place where everything in our life is shaken completely out. And all we are left with is this point where there's only one source of hope, there's only one source of help, and that's God Almighty himself. It literally begins to focus our vision. You want to know why I was praying last night? Because I sensed that delay. And you know what? Dr. Morocco doesn't have the answer for my delay. My wife doesn't have the answer for my delay. I don't have the answer for my delay in my bank account. And so I come here, and the only place I can go is, God, I need you in this. I'm not quite to the point of grief and sorrow, but some of you are there. Some of you, your life has been so shaken. You are in lamentations. You're living like Ecclesiastes. Woe is me. Life is pointless. What is the point of all of this? And you can allow this season either to destroy you or refine your hope. I hope you guys are getting it. I feel the anointing. Maybe I'm just preaching to myself on this one. 
But if we deal with times and seasons of shaking and lamentation, I believe that God can move us into a realm of his glory. Let me tell you a couple areas that you will be shaken. A couple areas you will be shaken. First of all, number one, I want you to write this down. Say, I will be shaken. As soon as you're done writing that down, look at your neighbor and say, I will be shaken. Turn to your other neighbor. Say, you will be shaken. Guys, this is, this is not, it doesn't mean that you're out of the favor of God. It doesn't mean that the Lord doesn't love you anymore. It doesn't even mean, I, I just tell you, man, it doesn't mean that, that you know, that, that, boy, there's some demon out to get me. I mean, there are moments of warfare, absolutely. But sometimes, sometimes the world just gets shaken. And I tell you, as long as there are sinful people in the world doing sinful things, which sometimes, unfortunately, we even contribute to, there's always going to be pain in the earth. There's always going to be difficulty in the earth. There's always going to be... The, and so we need to be aware of the fact that I will be shaken from time to time. The question is, are we going to allow it to produce in us the glory of God? Are we going to allow it to establish the kingdom of God? Or are we going to allow the shaking in life to derail us entirely? Hebrews, it gives the example of Moses. And Moses had shaking in his life. I mean, you imagine being abandoned as a child, not willfully, but because the nation had decided they wanted to kill every child in the land. Mama has to give up her baby. I mean, I don't know. They, they got reunited. It was a miracle thing if you read it. But that's a shaking in life. But God was already, years be 80 years before, was positioning relationships that Moses was going to need to have. We know there was shaking, and part of it was because of Moses' own terrible decisions when he murdered a man, thinking he was doing a just and a right thing in that moment. But yet when he was accused, he fled the land. That was shaking that was going on. Then he gets out and he meets Brother Jethro. Jethro's got a beautiful daughter. He marries that woman. He's got a nice life. He's got sheep and herds. And, and I, mean, he's, I mean, he's 40 now by this time. You guys realize, Moses was an old man by the time the Lord called him. So get ready. Some of our senior saints, praise God, you're not too old. For God to use you, we don't have a lot of senior saints in the house tonight. Senior saints, if you're watching online, you're not too old. Auntie Virgie, well, she's, she's not even 80 yet, but God's, praise God. Um, but I tell you, man, Moses, he had his life established. He had his wife, had a couple kids, hallelujah. And then God comes and shakes his life up. Burning bush, wandering sheep, calls him back into that land. And guys, I could go on and on. And Moses' life was continually shaken. Even after he was fully on track, even after he had led the people, delivered them from Egypt, he gets out into the wilderness, and there's this moment here in Hebrews we read about, where if you read the entire chapter, there's this moment where God comes down on the mountain in his glory. 
And I've heard Dr. Morocco tell stories, and, you know, we sing songs, show us your glory, and we pray, God, we want your glory. And you guys said amen when we were talking about receiving the glory of God. But if you've ever felt the glory of God, it's a terrifying thing. I've had two times in my life where I was praying in the middle of the night, and I felt like literally the manifest glory of God fell into the sanctuary where I was praying just by myself. And I hit my face immediately because I had a moment where I'm just like, God, if I look up, and even if it's just like your big foot that has just stepped foot in this sanctuary, if I look at that thing, I think I might die. I don't know if you guys have ever felt the presence of God like that. Never forget when John Kilpatrick came and he was preaching. He was a pastor of the Brownsville Revival, and that man of God began to pray after the service. And the wildest thing happened, the saint, the, the stage where, that was, you know, that was still in a time, see if and I would still have the guest speaker sit up on stage. You guys remember that when we used to do that? We need to get some big leather chairs and we'll just come sit up on stage. It's going to be great. Um, we'll bring that back. I don't know why they do that. There's probably a theology there. But uh, anyway, all of, the, all of the pastors and prophets were there. They were in revival meetings. And Kilpatrick begins to, I can't even say pray, because if you've ever heard that man of God, he, he, he calls it, what does he call it, groaning, groaning like a cow. What is he, isn't that what he says? Yeah, it's in his travail anyway. It sounds like he's like, I mean, it sounds like a cow. He just begins to lift up this groan. And the wildest thing happened. The stage in the auditorium began to shake. They said, those who were sitting on the stage said it felt like there was this massive river that literally began flowing out from under the stage and began filling the room. Now, I didn't, I wasn't on stage. I was down on like the second row. And I remember the moment he began praying, I had been in fasting and prayer the entire time, 40 days leading up to these meetings. I was skinny as a rail. This was actually the time that I met my wife. I used to be big, like Jeremy, strong, buff. But by the time my wife met me, I was real skinny like, I won't say anything. Never mind. Okay. Uh, I, was real, I was trying to find somebody super skinny, but praise God. I was, real th- I was real thin, and I was so hungry for the, try going on a 40-day fast sometime. I mean, it's real fun, guys. I was so hungry, and so what I would do is I'd begin to sneak down to the, when I felt like the preacher was coming to a close, I would like just be, I'd I'd like stand up. I'm like Jacob in the back, but I would just slowly creep forward, creep forward until I'm like standing parallel with the front row. And the minute they open up the altar, I wanted to be the first one down there to get prayer. I was just, I was desperately hungry for the Lord. I wanted what God, and here's the wildest thing. When he began praying and when that river began flowing, the presence of God came in that room in a way that was terrifying. I had my hands lifted. But when I felt the presence of God come into that room, I felt like lightning began shooting back and forth across the room. And it was so real to me that I literally pulled my hands down because I'm like, this thing is going to shock me to death if it hits me. It was the wildest thing that I've ever experienced in my life. And so we pray, God, show us your glory. I'm telling you, when the glory of God shows up, it's a frightening thing. 
God came down in his glory on a mountain. And the Bible says all of the children of Israel were terrified. They did not want to go up on the mountain. In fact, they said, Moses, why don't you go up for us? You go, you go talk to God, and then you come back and tell us what he said. But in Hebrews, if you read earlier in that chapter, it says that Moses was exceedingly afraid and began to tremble. He began to shake, even at the prospect of going into the glory of God. I'm telling you, God will shake us. But the only reason he shakes us is because there's also an invitation that says, I want you to come near to me. I'm not allowing this shaking to come into your life to destroy you. I'm not allowing shaking to come into your life to discourage you or to move you into depression or heaviness or to lean on some other vice or security. The reason pain, the reason these things come into our life, the reason shaking comes into our life, I'm telling you, is so that God can move us into his glory. It's a terrifying thing. It is a terrifying thing. I'm going to be shaken, and I'll tell you what, I'm not going to miss God's invitation to come into his presence. Are you with me tonight, church? Here's number two. So first of all, what was it? I will be shaken. Here's number two. Number two. We will be shaken. We will be shaken. You know, uh, another reference, but I'm, I'm, ready to, I'm about ready to pray, okay? And so uh, you can look at Acts chapter 2. Each of these guys had unique encounters with the Lord. They each, the Bible says that there was a fire that came on each of them. And they began to experience manifestations of God's presence. People thought they were drunk. People, you know, thought, that, you know, all kinds of weird stuff was going on with them. They had individual encounters, but something very incredible happened in Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter 4, in fact, I'll just read this to you. Acts chapter 4, in verse 29, it says, Now, Lord, they're praying in this passage, look on the threats that people had told him, stop preaching, stop ministering, and that with all boldness they may uh, speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Verse 31, and when they had prayed, watch this, the place where they were assembled was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. This is amazing. I'm in the book of Acts, I'm sure they had testimony time after the book of Acts. The Bible says they went from house to house. They had life groups. I mean, they shared meals together. It was a wonderful time. God grew the church. He added daily the number of people that were being saved. And I'm sure we could go around and, and they were sharing stories. Boy, when, the, when that mighty rushing wind and the fire of God came in the upper room, I had this encounter. And I had this encounter. Some people might have said, oh, I began shaking as the Spirit of God moved upon my life. And somebody else said, oh, I began speaking in, a, in another language. And a Chinese person began to understand. I mean, you know, that's, that's what the Bible says. People began to hear the gospel declared in their own language. It doesn't mention Chinese, but, uh, but I just tell you, there were many languages. And, and so people had those kinds of encounters. Somebody, somebody says, I saw the, the fire begin to come upon my life and, and God began to show me visions. And I'm every one of those people had an encounter with God. 
the Spirit of God came and began to shake each and every single one of them as God began to endue them with power from on high. But in Acts chapter 4, it was a different experience. They began to pray, God, would you give us boldness to preach your word? And would you release signs and wonders and miracles? And the Bible says that as they began to pray, it wasn't a person who began to shake. It wasn't a preacher or the prayer leader who began to shake. The Bible says as the Spirit of God came, the building itself literally began to shake. Oh my goodness, guys. You know what that is? That's, that's revival right there. When the Spirit of God moves so profoundly, it's not Minister Jeremy had an experience and Jadina had an experience and Rylin had an experience and we could go. No. Everybody on the property. I mean, we could be having a prayer meeting here and the Legacy Center feels, what was that shaking? <laughs> I mean, the gas station across the street would wonder, what is going on at that church? Why is that place shaking? God began. It wasn't just with an individual any longer. God began to shake on a corporate level. And what was produced flowing out of that was incredible. The Bible says that they began to preach the word with boldness. And if you move into the next chapter, he did exactly what they prayed for. Signs, wonders, miracles began being released all in and throughout the city. I'm telling you guys... If there's anything that I want, I can be as on fire for God. You know, man, I, I, I mean, my hair could be on fire, literally. I'm just so passionate about the Lord. But until we come to a place where we together are hungry for a move of God and cry out for a move of God and make place for a move of God and get desperate for a move of God and pray the way that they did. God, would you show up and would you embolden us? Would you anoint us and would you release miracles? I'm telling we're never going to see corporate revival until we begin to do that. I can look around and I can hear some of you, man, this is what God's been speaking to me. And I witnessed to this person and I shared with this. We've got people who are walking in personal revival. But we, as a church, we're not there. And part of the reason, you know what gets me so excited? Is the fact that all of the world right now is experiencing shaking. And we can allow it to destroy us, derail us, or we can allow it to be the very thing that ushers in the glory in the presence of God Almighty. Now here's the last thing, and uh, uh, I'll, I'll welcome the worship team if you guys would come right now. We're, we're about to close. We're going to pray. Let's review real quickly. Number one was what? I will be shaken. You're going to be okay. The glory of God is going to move. Number two, we will be shaken. That's right. We will be shaken. And number three, oh, I didn't tell you that yet, did I? Here we go. Number three, the world will be shaken. The world will be shaken. You might remember there was a very powerful moment. The very moment when Jesus died, you can read this in Matthew 27. It's in 50 through 54. Jesus died. 
And in that very moment, the veil of God was torn from the top to the bottom. It was a picture of God opening access, that holy place where before that, only the high priest and only at a very specific time in the year around a very specific ceremony was able to come into that presence. This was a sign that now God from heaven to earth, torn from top to bottom, was now opening access into the spirit, into intimacy with God Almighty for anybody who would receive it. That's glory right there. But the Bible says another thing happened. The moment Jesus died, the earth went dark. The Bible says that the earth was shaken. There were literally dozens of dead people that began popping up out of graves. It's kind of a precursor, just a taste of what's going to happen at the return of Jesus. People came back to life. And there was a declaration that was made from one of the soldiers who had helped put Jesus to death. This truly was the Son of God. And I tell you, when the world is shaken, it's exactly that message right there that the Lord is looking to release into the earth. I'm telling you guys, people are so ripe for harvest right now. People are so re- People are searching for answers right now. They're looking for a hope right now. They're looking for solutions right now. And I'm tell you, telling you in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ is what they are looking for. We just have to be a people who are willing to say, you know what, God, I'll, I'll be your mouthpiece. I'll be your hand. I'll be that blessing. I'll go serve that person. I'll go take them a bag of groceries. I'll do whatever I can to open the door to minister. God wants to give us the world. The world, I'm telling we see it as plain as day. The world has been shaken through this whole crisis. And it's not over yet. We've not missed our window of opportunity. I'm just telling you. I just saw the governor in Texas has said, you know what, we're going to shut things down again. We're going to begin to scale things back. If you've got this many cases, uh, they're going to hand out tickets in certain areas if you're not wearing a mask. And I'm just thinking, that's Texas. They're conservative. Hawaii is about two months behind anything that they're doing. And I'm just telling you, I'm preparing myself right now. The shaking's not over yet. It's not over yet. I'm not speaking this as a gloom and doom kind of thing. I'm just t- the shaking is not over yet. But with the shaking comes this great opportunity each and every one of us have. I'm t- this is the time you need to get on fire for God. This is the time we as a church need to band together and we got pr- God give us that boldness and grant us signs, wonders and miracles. Because the world is being shaken. And there will be parts of the world that are devastated and left in absolute ruin and probably will never recover until Jesus himself comes back. Yet there will be other places where the kingdom of God literally begins to come and blessing and favor and increase and goodness like you can't even begin to imagine begins to flow. I believe that for our nation. I believe that for our island. I believe that for our state. California may fall off into the ocean. I don't know. 
I'm going to pray. <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a declaration. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. The world is being shaken. There's an awesome declaration in Acts 17. The Christians began to move into a new city. They said these words, these who have turned the world upside down have come here as well. Guys, I want that kind of reputation. I want that sort of reputation. When we can get back in Hana, there's a reputation that, oh, these guys who turned cities upside down are here now. When we launch our services in Kona, oh, this church that turns cities upside down, they're here too. Doctor already told me, we need to be ready to start in Hilo. We need to be ready. When we go to Hilo, oh, these guys who turn cities upside down, they've come here as well. What is God going to do? I'll tell you, it begins with us. And we can make that decision today. I want you to stand to your feet all across this room. worship team had prepared a great song in worship and I guess they sang it when we were in healing time I missed it but can we sing that song what's it called I don't know what it's called Jesus I love you is how I know it but can we just sing this this is gonna let's begin right now to position our heart to engage the Lord Jesus we need you more than anything come on set your focus on him right now let's sing this together Your 